welcome back to Throne of Chaos. We are your hosts, Autumn and Kelsey, and today we will be talking about Chapter 8 of Throne of Glass. As always, we do not represent Sarah J. Mass nor Bloomsbury Publishing. Our thoughts and opinions in this episode are our own. We begin this chapter with Kale, his hand never far from his sword, escorting Selena down a marble hallway. She had convinced him to give her a tour under the guise of boredom. She was shown the three gardens, the ballrooms, the historic rooms, and the nicest views from the stone castle. But there's nothing left to see since she refuses to enter the glass castle. She used every moment to plot a dozen escape routes from her room. Escaping would require some thought since the castle was old and most of the halls and stairwells led nowhere. (laughs) She had nothing else to do since the competition began the next day. And what a better way to prepare than for a potential disaster. Okay, also, this makes me think, Kel, you you really, Dumb. truly think she just wanted to see the castle? Like, right. bro, <laughs> she was clearly an assassin. She She's plotting, dude. She has ulterior motives. Yes. I don't understand why you refuse to enter the glass edition. There's no difference between the interiors. You wouldn't even know you were inside unless someone told you or you looked out the window, Kale claims. Only an idiot would walk in a house made of glass, she replies. He tells her it's as sturdy as steel and stone. She says yes, until someone just a bit too heavy enters and it all comes crashing down. He declares that that's impossible, but just thinking about standing on the floors of glass made her queasy. She asks if there's a library or menagerie when they pass a set of doors from which they hear sounds of lilting speech and a strumming harp. He tells her it's the queen's court and grabs her arm and pulls her down the hall. Queen Georgina, she asks. Didn't he have any idea what information he was giving away? Perhaps he honestly thought she wasn't a threat. Yes, he says, Queen Georgina Havilliard. She then asks him if the young prince is at home as well. He says that no, Holland is at school. Teasing him, she smirks and asks if he is as handsome as his older brother. It was well known that the 10-year-old prince was rotten and spoiled inside and out. A scandal had ensued a few months before she was captured. When Holland had found his porridge burnt, he beat one of his servants so badly they could not conceal it. He was then shipped off to a school in the mountains. They paid the woman's family off, and the queen refused to hold court for a month. Holland will grow into his lineage, Kale grumbles. Honestly, part of me thinks that the difference between Holland and Dorian has to come from the fact that I truly think that the king wasn't possessed by a Valg until after Dorian was conceived. Yeah, I agree. Because he literally is awful, and he's only 10. Uh, Yeah. They walk on, silent for a few minutes before an explosion sounds nearby. What is that awful noise, Selena asks. They entered the garden through a set of glass doors. Kale, with his eyes shining with amusement, pointed up at the clock tower. She had never heard bells like that. What a horrible thing, she whispered, looking up at the inky black stone tower. Two gargles, wings spread for flight, perched on each of the four clock faces. The numbers were like war paint on the white face of the clock. The hands like sores as they slashed the pearly surface. Kale admits that as a child, he wouldn't go near it. Selena states, you'd see something like this before the gates of word, not in a garden. How old is it? Kale says the king had it built around Dorian's birth. This king, she asks, why would he build such a wretched thing? He ignores her questions, telling her to come along. While she examines it a little longer, swearing that the gargoyle's jaw had widened, she turned to follow Kale when she noticed a tile with a mark engraved on the pathway. It was a circle with a vertical line through the middle, both ends of the line hooked with one directing downward and the other upward. 
What is this mark on the path here? She asks Kale. I have no idea, he says. The gargle is pointing at it. What does this symbol mean? He says, it means you're wasting my time. It's probably some sort of decorative sundial. He then drags her from the garden away from the clock tower. And as much as she tried, she couldn't shake the feeling that those bulging eyes were still upon her. I mean, she's not wrong. Right. The, the gargoyles are definitely watching her. Right. I also, like, does Kale have no sense of wonder? He just... He's so just matter-of-fact, doesn't... He doesn't take anything into question. He doesn't question, question anything. Yeah. yeah. So... This is our first mention of the Gates of Word. So I'm just going to give a few details about what Wiki says. So a word gate is a black area, in quotes, cut through the word. It's the foundation of Aurelia in all worlds in the megaverse. It is capable of opening portals into different worlds or destroying them altogether. The word gates open randomly with the use of word keys. So going into word keys, they are used to open the word gates and they were first made by the Valg kings to control the word gates and there were three in total, one for each Valg king. And this is also the first time Selena sees a word mark, mm-hmm. which we now know is that symbol on the tile. And they are an ancient runic language used to perform magic and cast spells, usually cast using blood. And we now know or assume that word marks are used across the three series. We Correct. see them in Bryce's tattoo. We see them in Illyrian tattoos. We, we also s- we see them theorize. in the, yes. we theorize that this is them yeah. based on the descriptions being similar across the series. We also see them in the chamber with the harp. And we believe Omrin used them to help them get out of the ruins Yes. And we with think, the Book of Breathings. We think the Book of Breathings is written in word marks. It's an ancient language. It's often at times described as swirls and whirls. Unless yes. it's a specific marking. marking for a specific purpose. And we also, when you look at how Aelin responds to using word marks and the language with it, it's very similar to the same feeling Feyre has in the series when she is reading from the Book of Breathings. Correct. So they continue past the kitchens, entering a long, silent hallway. Selena suddenly halted. What is that, she breathed, pointing at 20-foot oak doors. Her eyes widened as she took in the four-legged dragons that grew out of either side of the stone wall. Four-legged dragons, not vicious, bipedal wyverns like those on the royal seal. So there's a distinction there between those two. Mm -hmm. I don't really know if that plays a big part but obviously I, it was important enough to list. yeah I feel like we haven't learned any or I don't recall learning anything about these dragons like four-legged dragons but it's interesting to me that she picked a dragon as opposed to the wervins since we know the wervins are all over the castle right as the royal seal the library kale responds the two words like a shot of lightning to selena the captain reluctantly opened the doors and the interior seemed formidably dark compared to the sunny hallways. She stepped inside and saw candelabras along with the black and white marble floors, large mahogany tables with red velvet chairs, a slumbering fire, mezzanines, bridges, ladders, railings, and the books. Books and books and books, she says. Honestly, it sounds like my dream. Um, yeah. <laughs> Selena put her hand to her heart. Escape route to be damned. She entered a city made entirely of leather and paper. How many volumes are there, she asks Kale. He shrugs. 
The last time anyone bothered to count, which was around 200 years ago, it was a million. But he'd guessed more than that, given the legends that a second library lies deep beneath in the catacombs and tunnels. We know now that there's not a second library Mm -hmm. below it, but there are rooms where we know the King and Parrington do their human valve experiment. Yeah, with whatever that thing is. Yeah. We should also note that libraries are so important across the series. And right. like there are so many different grand and lost and hidden libraries that you find amongst all the books. And books are knowledge. So. Yes. Yeah. Over a million books, Selena exclaimed. Her heart leapt and danced as she smiled. I'd die before I even got through half of that. You like to read, he asked. Don't you? She moved farther into the library, looking at the titles on the shelf, recognizing none. She grinned and whirled and moved through the main floor, running a hand across the dusty books. I didn't know assassins liked to read, Kale called. If she were to die now, she would be in complete bliss. He goes on, you said you were from Terrison. Did you ever visit the Great Library of Orinth? They say it's twice the size of this and that it used to hold all the knowledge of the world. Yeah, until your evil king raided and destroyed everything. Also... Kel, I mean, really, you're surprised. She didn't get a choice on being an assassin. This being an assassin is not her entire personality. Exactly. Mr. Wet rag. Yes, she admitting, turning from the stack of books. When I was very young, though they wouldn't let me explore, the master scholars were too afraid I'd ruin some valuable manuscript with her uncontrollable fire magic. Mm-hmm. She hadn't been back to the great library since and wondered how many invaluable works had been destroyed by the King of Otterland when he outlawed magic. The way Kale said used to, with a tinge of sadness, she assumed much had been lost, though she hoped that many of the priceless books had been smuggled away to safety. That when the royal family had been slaughtered and the King of Otterland invaded, those stuffy old men had had the good sense to start hiding 2,000 years worth of ideas and learning. Okay, really, I just want to know what was in this library. I I want this knowledge. I want these books. I I just want a description of what kind of books were hidden in there. Mm -hmm. Because I bet there was some interesting information. But also, Kale would have peed his britches if he knew. He probably just assumed that she was a rambunctious child who got banned. Right. And he would have peed his britches if he knew that she had firepower and they didn't want her burning down the building. Okay, the royal family lived at Orant. The great library was in Orant. Mm-hmm. I don't know if just any. I mean, you possibly can because they don't discriminate. But I feel like you would have to be important to be able to go to the library and just roam freely. Um, yeah, that should have probably been a clue to him right. that she was someone important. Also, but we do know that Kale isn't the sharpest tool in the box. I just had this thought of the king and Erwan are. Kind of doing the same thing as the Asteriar, and they're mm-hmm. wiping away history. knowledge and yes. history. They don't want you to remember the past. It's very animal farm of them. Yes, yes. They don't want you to be able, because knowledge is power. Oh, and yes. if you don't have the power to be able to defeat them, they can do anything they want to do. Yes. And it only takes a few generations for people to forget the past, especially if they aren't taught it. A little deep thought there. So needing to change the subject, as a dead empty space opened up inside her, Selena wonders why no one else is in the library. Guards are of no use in a library, Kel says. Oh, how wrong he was. Libraries were full of ideas, perhaps the most dangerous and powerful of all weapons. 
one of the best lines in the yeah. whole series. Yes. She tells him she was referring to his noble companions, and he says that reading is a bit out of fashion, I'm afraid. So really, this just reminds me of, like, how much of an intellect Kale is not. Selena and Dorian are very much two people who hunger for knowledge, mm -hmm. and they're both always reading, and they're both always curious and growing. But it does remind me that, yes, reading kind of falls in and out of fashion. And we're currently kind of in a moment where reading is popular and trendy to do. And I kind of enjoy it because we spent most of our childhood as the weird kids that read a lot. Right. Because it wasn't popular to read. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I touched on that too. I, reading definitely, just like in the book, goes through phases of being cool to do. And we're definitely in mm -hmm. a society right now where you got book talk, you got booktube. It's definitely cool to be reading which I'm not hating on. I love to read. If it's more cool, that's awesome. It has definitely changed authors' lives as well. There's authors now because of this influx of popularity in books that they have had books on the shelf for 10 years and are now those 10-year-old books are on the bestseller list for the first time ever. Right, especially with the internet and mm -hmm. KU and Kindles and all that stuff. It's now a lot more accessible to yes. have books too. You don't have to go to a library. You don't have to check out books. And still use libraries. They are very important resources. Absolutely. I just saw a TikTok mm -hmm. a few days ago. This guy made it, and it was about the first quarter sales of brick-and-mortar store bookstores. Mm -hmm. I can't – I don't want to quote it directly, but the amount of increase that they saw in sales and their revenue. One store was – don't quote me on this, but it was close to $30 million sales in revenue mm -hmm. that they can completely contribute to book talk of people talking about books. Oh, and yeah. I just think that's, that's amazing. I mean, national bookstores were getting, Barnes and Noble was on the verge of collapse. Same and then all of a sudden book talk takes off and we have all these people who love to read, which yep. is kind of cool. Well, if, you, if you even think about Throne of Glass, the very first book, Throne yes. of Glass, was published in 2012. Yeah, that was over 10 years ago now. Yes. It's we're we're just now making a podcast on a book 10 years old. It's just full circle here. Selena responds that there is more for her to read than read. These belong to the king, Kale said. It's a library, isn't it? It's the king's property and you aren't of noble blood. You need permission from either him or the prince. Okay, well, Kale, you were wrong on multiple fronts, but you're wrong on the fact that she is noble blood. Right. She's literally a queen. So, again, Kel, on me. you're incorrect. I highly doubt either would notice the loss of a few books. Kel sighed. It's late and I'm hungry. So, he growled and practically dragged her from the library. Selena ate supper by herself and contemplated all the planning she had done. Escape routes, how to make weapons... She slumped into a chair. She was tired, but it was still too early for bed. She considered using the piano forte, but it had been a while since she had played, and she didn't think she could endure listening to her stumbling, clumsy playing. Thinking again about the books, an idea popped into her head. Since the captain insisted on protocol, she would give it to him. Okay, love the sass of the end, but also it shows how much love and respect she has for music and the fact that 
she didn't want to play if she knew she was going to play badly. Also, I didn't really know what a piano forte was. I thought it was something different, like a smaller version of a piano closer to a keyboard. But I looked it up and it's just a piano. It's just a piano and the name got shortened from piano forte to piano over time. We got lazier as the world went on. (laughs) The more you know. She sat down at the desk and grabbed a piece of parchment. It felt odd to hold a pen. Her fingers moved awkwardly as she touched it to the paper. She carefully wrote her name and then the alphabet three times. The letters were uneven, but it would do. She grabbed another piece of paper and began to write. So I'm going to read what Selena wrote, but this is one of my favorite scenes in the first book. Like, it's so good. Your Highness, it has come to my attention that your library isn't a library, but rather a personal collection for only you and your esteemed father to enjoy. As many of your million books seem to be present and underused, I must beg you to grant me permission to borrow a few so that they might receive the attention they deserve. Since I am deprived of company and entertainment, this act of kindness is the least someone of your importance could deign to bestow upon a lowly, miserable wench such as I. Yours most truly, Selena Sardothian. I love this letter. (laughs) It is so... It's so good. Proud of her note, Selena gave it to the nicest looking servant she could find, telling her to give it to the crown prince immediately. 30 minutes later, the woman returned with her arms full of books and a note from Dorian. My most true assassin enclosed are seven books from my personal library that I have recently read and enjoyed immensely. You are, of course, free to read as many of the books in the castle library as you wish, but I command you to read these first so that we might discuss them. I promise they are not dull, for I am not one inclined to sit through pages of nonsense and bloated speech, though perhaps you enjoy works and authors who think very highly of themselves. Most affectionately, Dorian Havillard. I'm sorry, but this is the cutest interaction ever. They are now, this is a book club. We have went from an assassin trying to get freedom to a prince and princess book club. The book nerd energy is so strong. (laughs) And I love that Selena is so multifaceted. She's vain. She loves music. She loves reading. She's athletic. And as you read, you learn how caring she is. And truly, she's like one of the most well-rounded characters we get. Selena laughed, thanking the woman. She took the books from her and walked into the bedroom. She sprawled the books across the bed and chose the one that seemed most interesting. She flipped onto her back and began reading. Selena's a mood reader. I just feel it. Yeah, homie's a mood reader. And I love that because I'm also a mood reader. Selena is awoken the next morning to the wretched blooming of the clock tower. She realizes it's noon and sits up wondering where Kale was. Wasn't the competition supposed to start today? She stalked through her chambers, but he was not there. She looked in the hallway, the four guards reaching for their weapons. She walked in the balcony. The guards below clicked their crossbows into position. She took a seat on the railing and waited them. Though it was autumn day, the trees, gold and brown, with half their leaves dead on the ground, it was warm enough it could have passed for summer. Out across Rifthold, she could make out the sails of ships, the wagons, and the people streaming through the streets. The green roofs of the city glowed emerald in the sun. Okay, it really is the Emerald City. 
I guess the copper roofs, and so they turn the patina turns mm-hmm. green. But I mean, we're we're in the Emerald City, right? We really are. I love that she waves at the guards, and she just pops down, and she's just like, whatever. She's like, like I know you're there, but I really don't care. I'm going to live my life. She looked at the guards again, and they stared right back. Slowly, they lowered their crossbows, and she grinned, thinking that she could easily knock them senseless with a few heavy books. I love a book as a weapon. <laughs> in multiple ways. If someone breaks into your house, you're good. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I am good. I got plenty of weapons in my house. <laughs> a sound traveled through the garden as three women appeared huddled in conversation. They all wore fine dresses, though the middle raven-haired one wore the finest. Her red skirts were the size of a tent, her corset so tight her waist couldn't be more than 16 inches, Selena determined. The other two are blondes in pale blue matching gowns, marking them as ladies-in-waiting. Selena backed away from the railing as they stopped at the fountain nearby. I could not wear a corset, and there is no way my waist would be 16 inches away. No, it's physically impossible. (laughs) It's very much giving me Gone with the Wind vibes, and it couldn't be me. I should have worn my white dress, the woman in red said loudly enough for everyone in Rifthold to hear. Dorian likes white, but... I'll wager everyone's wearing white. One of the blondes asked if they should go change me, lady. No, snapped the woman. This dress is fine, old and shabby as it is. Selena approached the railing again and peered over. She thought the dress hardly looked old. It won't take long for Dorian to ask me for a private audience. The guards watched the three girls, Selena forgotten. Though I worry how much Harrington's courting will interfere, but I do adore the man for inviting me to Rifthold. My mother must be writhing in her grave. She paused and then said, I wonder who she is. Your mother, my lady? Girl the prince brought to Rifthold. I heard he traveled all over Aurelia to find her and that she rode into the city on the captain of the guard's horse. I've heard nothing else about her, not even her name. The two women lingered, exchanging exasperated looks that said that this wasn't the first time they were having this conversation. I don't need to worry, the woman mused. The princess harlot won't be well received. His what? Selena thinks. I need my pipe, the woman murmured, rubbing her temple. I feel a headache coming on. Regardless, the woman continued, I shall have to watch my back. I might even have to crash. I'm going to pause here because I think, one, it's important to note the headaches and how, you don't know this yet, but her name is Caltaine. Hi, Caltaine. Did not like you in the beginning. Loved you by the end. Felt sorry for her. Yes. Her story is generally quite sad. Yeah. But also, Selena's reaction to finding out that people think she's Dorian's harlot and the fact that she threw a pot at her. The woman screamed, the guards whirled crossbows aimed. Selena retreated into the shadows of the doorway. The flower pot had missed this time. The woman cursed so colorfully that Selena clamped a hand over her mouth to keep from laughing. The servants cooed, wiping mud from the woman's skirts and suede shoes. Be quiet, be quiet, let's go, hissed the woman. The guards wisely didn't let their amusement show. The women hurried off as the princess harlot strode into her chambers and called for her servants to dress her in the finest gown they could find. I mean, she threw a pot at her. (laughs) Like, (laughs) this isn't the first time Selena has thrown a deadly object at a female for aggravating her. So, I don't 
necessarily think Selena even cares that she's called the princess harlot, but just not being her own person. Yes. She don't want to be anyone's harlot. She's like, if anything, they're my harlot. <laughs> yes. Rowan's mine. I'm not his. So I like that. Also, this is just a small interaction and you don't even know who the women are yet. You don't know that it's Caltaine. Yeah. But you do find out a lot. You know that Duke Parrington's courting her. Yes. She's obviously beautiful. She's yes. raven hair. She has a tiny dang waist. Tiny. She wears huge skirts, ball gowns. You can tell that she's a high society lady. Right. She's definitely part of the court. But also, regardless of Duke Parrington courting her, her sights are set on Dorian. Uh, yes, she's using Parrington. But what she doesn't know is Parrington is using, is her. using her. Also, we find out this chapter, Selena absolutely hates the glass castle and refuses to even go in that part. We learn about Holland and his general horribleness. Even as a child, he had to be sent away. He beat a servant so bad that he had to get sent away. We also first see the tower in the garden and hear about word gates, which is huge. I love Selena's love for reading her yes. reaction to finding the library. And everyone yes. else is just like, oh, it's the library. Even Kel says, is that a fashion? No one was even in there. This huge library. Not even workers, really. Invite me. <laughs> Invite me. Her notes back and forth to Dorian. Pete comedy. Uh, yes. This is probably one of my favorite chapters in this book. Yeah. Otterland's Assassin's Book Club right here. Uh, yes. As always, please like and subscribe to our podcast on whatever listening platform you are using. And if you enjoyed it, please consider rating us five stars. You can reach out to us with any questions or concerns at throneofchaospodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Instagram at throneofchaospod. We would love to talk to you about all things SJM. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.